Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Well, beloved, I'm so blessed to be here. It seems like just yesterday, it was December 31st, 2018. That was three years ago. I think we were in the old building then, weren't we, Pastor James, that night? Were we here? We sure were, my goodness. We stood right here and I was sitting there and I saw America weighed in the balance in a vision. The next thing I knew, I saw our economy shattered, the West Coast shaken, New York crushed. I mean, sitting right there, I didn't even, and, and Pastor James was saying, Pastor Jim, come up and give us a happy New Year's word. Anyway, that was maybe the unhappy New Year's word service. But seeing all that, it shook me and I kept hearing this word 17 months, 17 months, 17 months. And I stood before you that night and began to prophesy that a great shaking was coming to our country. The country would be shaken. I saw people screaming in fear and panic. But I said in the middle of it, God was going to touch us. And I said that in 17 months, when we were halfway done, there would come a time of ethnic pain in our country. Um, people would be demonized. Hatred would be in the country. Fear mongers would just come everywhere. Some would believe America was going to fall apart and end up in anarchy. But America, I said, would not end in anarchy. America would end in revival. Let's give God a hand. And 17 months from, from that weekend is when Mr. Floyd was killed. The country just shaken. Out of that prophecy came a prayer meeting that crisscrossed the world with untold millions some say hundreds of millions praying for COVID. And like, where are we now? Like, what does God have next for us? What would he say to us? And I had a message all prepared. And before I left my house, God dropped five scriptures on me. So that's my message. And um, let me say this. Is, where are we, Pastor Jim? I believe as we come out of Omicron, and let me tell you, come out of it, we will. I don't want you to be afraid. We're going to come out of Omicron and we're gonna go into a very unique time of divine acceleration. I, I, I've not shared this publicly. I've held some of these things and I'll be with a number of major leaders across the country over the next weeks talking to them. But I want to say to you, since December, I've had an ongoing vision of acceleration and the church coming into a time of acceleration will be many months, not weeks, and a fresh touch of the gospel. We're coming into a supernatural time. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to fear like, oh my gosh, this is just another variant. What's next? What's going to clobber us? Let me tell you what's coming. God's coming. And as I was sitting in my office, this scripture was quickened to me. I've never even preached on it. It's in Isaiah 28, 5 through 6. I looked it up in a couple commentaries to have the the right context, but it says this. But the multitude of your foreign foes shall be like small dust. It talks about all the judgment on Israel, calling them Ariel. And the multitude of the ruthless like a passing chaff. And in an instant, suddenly, you'll be visited by the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with great noise, with whirlpool and tempest and the flame of fire. 
May I say God is getting ready to come on his church in a very unique way. You will see it, it will not be weeks or days. As we come out of Omicron and come out we will, there will be an acceleration that lasts many months in the church in America and I believe the world. And we are going to watch the gospel broadcast. We are going to watch God move. It is going to be an extraordinary time. And I wanna talk to you a little about that tonight out of four passages in the New Testament. And I wanna ready you. I can remember three years ago talking about if Bethel would rise and embrace their identity in Christ, that God would use us in this city. And as a terrible time of breaking came in our city, and how many of you know God used Pastor James in our church? Let's give God a shout. Pastor James and Debbie were mightily used with our governor, with our city. All over the city they were used. I could not be prouder to be a member of this church. I could not be prouder to see what you did in marching, praying, crying out, standing. Let's give God a great hand for that. And I wanna just say a few things to you. I want you to turn, first of all, to Matthew 25, one through six. Look in the book of Matthew 25, one through six. Very interesting story, beautiful parable that I think is for us. The kingdom of heaven is like these 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. How many of you know one day the bridegroom's truly coming? Jesus is coming back. We also know he has as many comings when he comes in revival to move. Five were foolish, five were wise. They were all virgins, they're all pure, they all love God. The foolish took their lamps and no oil, but the wise took flasks of oil. Only one thing, some had oil, some didn't. Some had the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Some had stayed filled in the night, filled in the spirit. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was the cry. What is the midnight hour? It is the hour when the new day has come, but it's too dark to see it. We're in one of those interesting midnight hours. The world has been shaken, broken, politically, ethnically, medically, people scurrying around. What is next? What is next? God. God always comes when it's too dark to see. He loves the midnight hour. There's only one thing that separated the virgins. Some had oil, some didn't. Some had the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, others didn't. They kind of let things go to waste hadn't really prayed, hadn't really sought him, gotten drowsy. It was a long, hard time. Are you filled with oil tonight? Are you filled with his spirit? The end of 2019, I was speaking at a conference. It's Labor Day weekend. I've gone 23 straight years there. Holy Spirit came to me and said, listen, there's a time so hard coming on your country, Jim. There's a time so hard coming on your world that though you've walked with me 41 years, you will survive it, but you won't thrive in it unless you seek me like you've never sought me before. Beloved, are you filled with oil tonight? Is there something that can be ignited in you? Because in this midnight hour, I hear the cry of our bridegroom coming. He's coming to touch a city, coming to touch a world. I'm glad you're pure, I'm glad you love him, but do you have oil in your lamp tonight? Have you stayed filled with his spirit? You say, well, I get filled with his spirit every time I come. That's just not enough. Are you seeking his face? But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. 
The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, there won't be enough for us. Go to dealers and find it. Midnight hour is a funny time. You can't see. You're afraid. The world's so afraid right now. You say, Pastor, you be afraid. No, I'm not. This is the hour when he comes freshly. Are you filled with holy oil tonight? Are you filled with the oil of God? You know, my mom's going to be 91 in a few days. She's walked with God decades. Praise hours filled with God. Praise in tongues. Prophesying. Every time I go, she takes my hand. I say, Mama, pray for me to be filled with the Spirit again. She begins to pray in tongues, and her hand begins to tremble as the Holy Ghost comes on me. The Bible says to be continually filled with the Spirit. A life of worship, life of prayer, life of devotion. Look with me in Acts 16, 25. Beloved, in Acts 16, 25, I'm not going to be long. I had a message I really want to preach. The Lord wouldn't let me do it. If you don't, if you don't like this one, take it up with him. Acts 6, 25 says this. Here's old Paul and Silas. It was a bad moment for them. It was midnight. They'd been falsely accused in prison beaten, whipped, is a midnight hour. You ever wonder why the Apostle Paul tells you to give thanks continually? You ever wonder why God just says this, in everything give thanks, rejoice always, pray without ceasing? That doesn't mean we're always babbling. That means we're connected. Why would God say that? Well, one, God's always worthy of worship on your worst day. If he never saved you from COVID but saved you from hell, he's worthy always worthy. Secondly, worship and praise is about your wellness because when you connect with God and his spirit touches you, it doesn't just affect your spirit, it affects your soul and your chemical balances. One of my friends, an esteemed professor at a major Christian university, had a peer-reviewed paper. Atheists even read it. What happens when a monotheist is touched by God? And when you're loved by God and you worship him and you come into your presence, it changes your chemical balances. It changes your dopamine levels. It changes your oxytocin levels. It changes your serotonin levels. This isn't my speculation. It's fact. What happens is it changes how you see the world. It was midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was an earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and the doors were open. You say, I feel in prison. Me too sometimes. I love it in Second Chronicles 20, when a massive three-nation army were coming to wipe out the people of God. They were about 45 kilometers away all was done. And the prophet only said one thing, God's got it, trust him. And Jehoshaphat said, let's send out the worshipers, let's send out the, let's all sing, let's all worship. The Bible said the minute they begin to worship, God ambushed their enemies. Why? Because praise in the midnight hour is an act of war. It's an act of says, I'm trusting him. You feel in prison, praise him tonight. Worship him tonight. Beloved, never underestimate the power. At the midnight era, beaten down, unjustly, destroyed, wrecked, broken, they heard something in the dungeon they'd never heard before. They praised. It's time to praise him. It's time to worship him. Come and to touch us. 
coming to help us. I love what it says here in Acts, the 20th chapter. It's just so powerful in Acts 20. I'll just share this with the scripture was quickened to me tonight. Acts 20, verse seven, Paul's there. He's come back. He's preaching, um, gathered there, praying again there in Acts 20, beginning in verse seven. And about, he's preaching a long sermon. You think I'm long? It's midnight. He's still preaching. I may be like Paul if I go to midnight. At midnight, he's still preaching. There was a young man named Eutychus sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep. As Paul talked, overcome with sleep, he fell out of the service from the third floor, was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, taking him into his arms, said, don't be alarmed, life's in him. Well, at the midnight hour, young people that have fallen to their death out of church, young people that have fallen out of fellowship, fallen out of faith, those you love, those you're praying for, watch God give us back our spiritual dead at the midnight hour. I want you to receive it. I want you to trust me. I want you to be able to cooperate with God at this hour. Last story. If I can find it here, I might not even have marked it down. Acts 27, I believe it is. Paul sailing for Rome. Paul knew they shouldn't sail. He told them, listen, if you sail, we may all die. We're going to have a hurricane. Paul was a prisoner on the way to Nero. Terrifying storm hit. Looked like the whole ship was going to be sunk. And as the storm got worse, Paul went from a prisoner to the captain. And finally, when you look in the story, at about the midnight hour in verse 27, they knew they're done. They're going to run aground. And at that moment, Paul went from a prisoner to the pastor of the whole ship. You know the story. They listened. They abandoned ship. They jumped into the water. They survived. And they were watched into a healing revival. How many of you know many people in our culture are running aground right now? The country, quite honestly, has been running aground for a long time. It's fragmented, broken, hurting, wounded. I don't care what your political affiliation is. You say, Pastor Jim, are you partisan? Yes, I am. Jesus is his name. Honestly, I don't have much trust in either political party, just to tell you the truth. My trust is in heaven, and I'm a single-party voter. His name is Jesus. Now listen to me. I appreciate your political affiliation. That's fine. But neither of those parties are going to save you, let me just tell you right now. They're not. They went aground. And when a country goes aground, when a city goes aground, when a family goes aground, when a neighborhood goes aground, what happens? The church has an opportunity to find their voice. When the world is out of answers, that's our moment. Let me summarize this. We will come out of Omicron. I could say more, but I'm not going to. But I'm filled with faith as I watch us walking through this. We will come out of this quicker than people think. We'll come out of this and I believe look back and realize this was, this as bad as it seemed in the end was better than we thought. You watch and see what he does. We're gonna come out of this into a time of divine acceleration. He'll touch our city, he'll touch our country over a matter of a number of months. What does that mean for you and I? 
what would he say to us? First, have you checked your oil lately? Have you? What's your level of faith? What's the level of this? Why would I say that? Because when the fire of revival comes, it burns in oil. It's just the reality. He's, is, is, oh no, watch and see what he does. He's going to help us, touch us. And the cry normally comes at midnight when you're tired and it's dark and you're frustrated. You say, when's the Lord come? Whenever you're not ready, too soon or too late. How do you know it's God? It's never when you want it normally. He comes. How's your oil level? How is it? You say, Pastor, I feel imprisoned. Praise will shake the doors open. I wake up every morning confessing God's word. I go to bed every night confessing God's word. Why? Because what I speak becomes the rudder for my emotions. I don't fight the enemy in my head. I fight him out of my mouth. No matter what I feel, I speak what God says about me. I speak what God's going to do. Thirdly, a lot of us lost kids. People we love, care about. Kids smacked, cracked. The midnight hour. Watch what he does. You say, Pastor Jim, is, is, our, is like our country running aground? Yes, if you have noticed, it's run aground. It's been happening a number of years, whether it's Republican or Democrat, the country's in trouble. Do not kid yourself. And there's, there's not been any answers to save us coming from the government for a good long time. A long time. And trust me, I've prayed over lots of government officials. Lots. I fucking remember my first foray as a young man, praying with one of the most powerful women in tongues in our whole country. The president's best friends. She said, let me just tell you right now, Jim, I was young, 30. She said, my husband and the president are afraid and they got no idea what to do. That's a fact. That's why I look to him. I appreciate voting all of it, but I look to him. This is our hour. We were born for this moment, beloved. There's a principle in physics called potential energy. That's when something's held back a long time, like you pull back an arrow or pull back a sling. We felt held back for over two years now. And there's Holy Ghost energy building up. It's building up in your lives. It's building up in your family. You say tonight, Pastor, I need a fresh refill of oil. Stand to your feet right now. I need the Holy Spirit to come. Listen to me, beloved. Don't be afraid. Listen to me. Don't be afraid. We're going to look back on all this and realize what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Raise your hands. Say, Jesus, fill me. Fill me freshly. Fill me with your spirit. Take a deep breath. Fill him. Feel him. Jesus, we need oil. You're getting ready to cry out in the midnight hour of a broken country. The bridegroom cometh. If you're in prison, say, Jesus, I praise you. Praise him. He's here. If you've lost a loved one, they've fallen out of church, whisper their names or names right now. Whisper them. 
You say, if you say, Lord, everything's running aground, it's because the church is finding her voice. Now, Lord, I thank you for my Bethel family. I thank you for how you've used them in this city. How in a world gone crazy, you've called us to be a reconciled people. In a world with no answers for the pain that's fraught in every human heart. We're your answer. Christians like us, not every nation, Christians of all stripes around the world. We receive your spirit tonight. You're going to bring us through Omicron. Oh, yes. Yes, you are. And we're going to come out the other side into a fresh acceleration of your spirit, even more quickly and sooner than we think. Thank you for my brothers and sisters tonight. Their love for you. Their faith for you. Let's say, Jesus, thank you that you chose me to be alive during this time. Lord, you say, eyes never seen, ears never heard of a God like you. One that acts on behalf of those that wait on you. Let's say this, we wait on you. Say it again, we wait on you. Let's say it again, we wait on you. 